We live in a changed world. Advances in technology that were supposed to take years happened in months. Along the way, assumptions and legacy thinking gave way to an urgency, a can-do, no, a must-do attitude. But one person's chaos is another person's opportunity. Cyber attackers have taken advantage of the disruption, scaling up their attacks against poorly defended endpoints that suddenly sat in the living room, not a perimeter-protected, firewalled corporate office. But a funny thing happened on the way to recovery and resiliency. Networking and security teams, along with business leaders and employees, began to see the benefits in working together, breaking down the silos that hold back progress. Hi everybody, I'm Jim Malone and welcome to Network Security for a Hybrid Business World, brought to you by IDG and Comcast Business. This five-episode podcast series explores the events that have put network cybersecurity at the forefront and the tools and technologies that business and IT leaders should be eyeing to address current and future cybersecurity demands. We're focused on the network, the devices, software, and hardware that keep us all connected. A network is only valuable if it's secure, easy to manage, and intelligent. In this fifth and final episode, we'll focus on the future, a future where networking and security become even more integrated, a future where security is woven into everyday tasks, into software, configuration, protocols, and plans, a future where the responsibility for security is shared throughout the organization. We'll look at how the Great Reset is driving IT leaders to rethink their organizations with a focus on the people who are on the front lines of cybersecurity. We'll talk about the people, the technologies, and data that's driving a reassessment in how we think about networking and security. Technology transformation put advanced tools like artificial intelligence and machine learning into the hands of the good guys. Automation promised some relief from the shortage of skilled security personnel. Partners and service providers stepped in to bolster capabilities. And thanks to protocols like SD-WAN and Zero Trust, the network evolved into a security plus rather than a security vulnerability. We learn from the pandemic. Here's John Pescatori, Director of Emerging Security Trends with the SANS Institute. There's an analogy I like to use between what we're going through now after the, or almost after the pandemic, to what we went through 20 years ago in the U.S. after the terrorist attacks of 2001. That was a horrible time. It was a couple days of events, not a year and a half of events like this. But when you look, we made some real advances in airline security, and not not the visible ones, not those metal detectors at the airport. The doors on the cockpits are much better protected. We do a better job of investigating um, the people that are going to fly and any unusual type patterns that are happening. And we've all been willing to live with some uh, interruptions in the name of security um, that that we we know we may have to wait in line while they check something out and we accept that. So similar thing in security, there's a bunch of things like that that are giving me hope. I mean, one is we're definitely seeing um, not just support, but mandates from CEOs, CIOs, boards of directors 
to block more bad stuff, be more aggressive in preventing bad things from happening. Today, more than ever, cybersecurity is a team sport. As we've learned in this series, the bad actors are smart, organized, ruthless, greedy, innovative, and relentless. To have a fighting chance, smart security leaders are mobilizing their defenses, enlisting the entire organization, along with partners, all equipped with modern tools, practices, and protocols in the fight. But even before we talk about that, we need to talk about data. Data is the fuel for this security sea change. Sure, data needs to be protected, but flip the script and data becomes a key ingredient for cybersecurity. And one thing networks do is generate a lot of data. There's an axiom in security, right? You can't secure what you can't see. And you see the things through good network visibility. And so um, the security systems and network systems that we have in place today are generating so much more data than we ever have before. The problem is there's so much data that no matter how good a security pro you are or a network pro, you can't analyze that data manually. That's security analyst Zeus Caravala, founder of ZK Research. A lot of businesses are, are relying now on machine learning-based systems that can, that can connect all those dots between the data points. But that does dictate that networking and security must come together because it's network data and security data together. They're going to find those anomalies and help you remediate those problems faster. Of course, data by itself is just ones and zeros. It's got to be processed and analyzed to be put to use. That's where artificial intelligence and machine learning come in, says Comcast business Shenis Anakatarnish, who's VP of cybersecurity products. With more and more devices and the data that comes from those devices, the more security we have and the greater dependency we have on intelligence and machine learning to digest that massive amount of information and the potential security events that there may be into meaningful and actionable outcomes. And this is where security detection and response solutions are created and they're absolutely a key component to the future in security. That intelligence can help security and networking leaders with extended detection and response, XDR a platform that expands beyond the endpoint to the next age of threat detection. Here's Zeus Caravala. I think for network security, um, machine learning and AI are the only ways uh, to, to um, move to an XDR strategy. What XDR, the premise of XDR is that I gather all my data from all my security tools. I do some analysis on it. And so if I do get breached, I not only know there's a breach, but I can trace it all the way back to the source and then respond to it. That is based on having uh, all your network data available to you so you can trace back to where uh, you know, a breach emanated from. And, and the best way to do that is through the use of AI and machine learning. So uh, I, I do think that's um, uh, what AI and machine learning do is it gives you the analytics that you didn't have to be able to move forward with an XDR strategy. Otherwise, um, you'd be using manual methods and you'd, you'd, you'd frankly never be able to see anything. <laughs> Tech 
Technologies like AI and ML are part of the puzzle, but you need people to run it. Shanna Seneca Tarnish with Comcast Business. I'd say the largest enterprises are prepared to begin integrating AI and ML into their security strategies, but smaller businesses are nowhere near such investments because, you know, there's some critical infrastructure and talents that you have to have to do that. And I, I think that's where it becomes critical to find trusted partners and advisors to help manage security and detecting events and responding with actions to prevent greater risks. Talent plus infrastructure, trusted partners and advisors, the people part. Here's Wayne Anderson, security architect in the office of CTO for Modern Work at Microsoft. As a, as a security leader, I am all about the people. I, I truly believe for all the amazing technology that we have, process automation, machine learning, um, the, the layering of different machine learning models into things we're calling artificial intelligence today, even with all that amazing, you know, nearly miraculous stuff, it is still a marketplace and a world that is driven by people. People buy, people sell, people make decisions, um, people travel, people have relationships, uh, people have choices and lives and consumption needs and consumption patterns and so many other things. But people are tired, says Wayne Anderson. We as, as security professionals have been on point for a very extended period of time. People are reporting higher levels of stress um, than, than we've seen in, in, frankly, my entire career. And, and you know, the, the university data, uh, the management studies are, are corroborating that, that people feel a pressure. They feel an always-on mentality. Um, and, and I would really encourage people to uh, stay, stay connected. You're working at home. You're a healthcare professional, let's say. You get an email from your supervisor asking for medical records or personal information for a patient. In most cases, that should set off a cascade of steps and procedures that would protect the patient, worker, and organization from being fished, for example. But we're human. We make mistakes. Despite training and education, 86% of organizations had at least one user try to connect to a phishing site after opening a phishing email. In terms of key lessons, uh, educating and awareness campaigns and training campaigns and simulations make a big difference, but they aren't the only solution. They're not a silver bullet. Actually, I think one of the lessons for cybersecurity, generally speaking, is there is no silver bullet. There's no uh, box that you can buy that will make your organization secure. There's no training product that you can buy and deploy that will make your organization secure. That's Kane McGladry, advisory board member for the Technology Alliance Group Northwest and cybersecurity strategist for Ascent Solution. But there's hope. The 
good guys are bringing to bear a host of modern tools and protocols to the quest to keep people and data safe. Yes, there's a shortage of skilled people, but technology is helping, says security analyst Zeus Caravala. I think when you think of the, the approach the vendor community has taken of being more collaborative, that's good. And then lastly, I think it's also just the rise of AI. And so if you think of this concept of fight fire with fire, um, the, the, the vendor community has responded in kind that they understand that they're, they can't keep up either. And so they're building smarter, more sophisticated systems that are more automated. And that actually will help the skill shortage as well, because if I can automate a lot of the mundane tasks of, you know, configuration management, things like that, then I can direct more of my resources to some of the more strategic things. And so I, I, I do think the, um, um, the uh, the security industry itself is, um, is is trying to be a little more proactive and staying ahead of the bad guys instead of always trying to play catch up. And speaking of the skills shortage, Kane McGladry says the hybrid work movement can be a boon for security teams. I'd say that the ability of cybersecurity personnel to work from home is really enabling individuals from diverse backgrounds who might not otherwise have considered a career in cybersecurity to pursue those careers in cybersecurity. So, for example, a working mother who uh, works from home in cybersecurity has less of a challenge, especially given the weird hours that cybersecurity happens at anyway, uh, less of a challenge associated with childcare than necessarily somebody who goes to an office, punches the clock from eight till five. It's not just working moms, says John Pescatori. The kids are all right as well. We're seeing a lot more interest from a much more diverse group of people to get into the cybersecurity field. Since it's been in the press, since it's it's gotten some uh, mainstream attention on how we found the bad guys, we're starting to see, you know, 12-year-old kids, 14-year-old girls, um, newly arrived um, um, immigrants interested and talented in technology and interested in cybersecurity. So we're starting to see uh, at the bottom of the workforce, a very diverse set of people gain the skills, get interested in joining. And one thing I've learned over my career, you know, any group of people, the more diverse they are, the better decisions they make. And I think that's a really good thing for cybersecurity that we're, we're getting new people in and, and new ideas and, and uh, new visions into, into the field. When you talk about cybersecurity, it's easy to fall into a sky is falling mindset. It can be overwhelming. Cybercrime will cost companies worldwide an estimated $10.5 trillion. That's trillion with a T annually by 2025, up from $3 trillion in 2015. A typical organization suffers a phishing attack every 11 seconds. Despite that, our experts are hopeful about the future. Here's Wayne Anderson. I am super encouraged because I'm seeing a leadership tone and, and the, the reemergence of empathy in the business. I'm seeing a focus on sustainability and I'm seeing people use this time of alternative operations to affect really great things. For Zeus Caravala, the cloud will play a key role. Uh, I think we're, you know, with, with the rise of, you know, biometrics and voice authentication systems and things like that, 
um, th- those, you know, those are very intense uh, processor intensive workloads. Now that those can reside in the cloud and become, you know, cloud-based services, it becomes more scalable and much easier to use. And so I think we're finally starting to think about how we can protect, allow our users to protect themselves better uh, without having, without it being overly complex. Automation is key as well, says Comcast Business's Shanna Seneca-Tarnish. I think we need to continue to work closely together on integrated solutions and, you know, add another level of, of management to that, to, to have that automated detection and response. So um, you're, you're producing outcomes that businesses really need, not just technology that they install. You know, how do we help them uh, address their greatest concerns for networking and security in one solution? Thank you for joining us for this series on network security for a hybrid business world. With our roster of experts and special guests, we've explored the convergence of networking security and looked into the future of secure networks. You can listen to the entire series on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for Comcast Business and IDG, Jim Malone saying, thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by IDG Communications Incorporated in conjunction with our sponsor, Comcast Business.